Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I am the editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com and an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. My colleague and friend, as always, is Bruce Aldrich. And today we're going to talk in a little while uh, about uh, holiday driving, distracted driving in the wintertime uh, with the holiday season upon us. But first, we thought we'd do a recap of the LA Auto Show. And I just got back last week. We did some special episodes from down there, but it's still on my mind. And I wanted to discuss with Bruce uh, a few things um, from the show this year. Always a great show, the first big show of the year. So, Bruce, it is uh, a great show, right? It's a great show. You've been a few times. Yes. And uh, this is, I think, my fifth or sixth, but it, it just stays on your mind because there's so much innovation and things going on. Some of it's great. Some of it you're not so sure about, but it's a it was a fantastic show for three years this year. What's the summary? Uh, I would guess, I'll put my words into it, I would assume it's autonomous driving and electric vehicles. What, what's your take? Absolutely. You know, a few years ago, they started... Uh, Automobility LA, which is the whole technology big tent, and they had a, a lot of those things going on. And they had in there, they had the Byton, which is the, as everybody says, the a, a, a true blue uh, competitor on the horizon for Tesla. And the Byton was there, and with this forty-nine inch screen that goes across the entire dashboard, and and everybody was talking about that vehicle. And uh, I thought it was great, and combined with the first electric uh, pickup truck and SUV, um, the Rivion, those two electric vehicles, and there were others, but those two had the spotlight on uh, literally and figuratively. Everybody was talking about those vehicles. And and I, I thought that they were both, you know, a lot of concept cars come out and a lot of them go away. Uh, these two, I think, are going to stick. And I think that they'll, they'll change the game a little bit. That Rivion is a square boxy type uh, almost like an old Bronco type looking vehicle, correct? And but it's, yes. of course it's all electrified and four wheel drive, and it's made for the off road. And and in the in the in the SUV version and the truck version, uh, the truck is more expensive, but they're talking about zero to sixty in three seconds for both those vehicles and four hundred mile ranges. Wow, let's see. I hope we'll that's see. not an Elon Musk statement. I hope not too. Um, I talked to both both uh, representatives from both countries, both very knowledgeable guys. The guy from India, uh, the guy from Rivion was a little bit more difficult to understand, but he's, one of the things that stuck in my mind that, that he said was that uh, unlike Tesla, for example, the $45,000 entry price um, uh, for those vehicles I'm sorry. That was that would be the Byton, but the the fifty five thousand dollar entry price for the Rivian SUV. You can buy those vehicles and be happy with the vehicles. In their words, at that price, certainly you can upgrade. And but he said you could you could buy this car and be pleased with it at the entry level price. That's unlike Tesla, right? You can't buy the car for the price that it was advertised at on on the low range. Right. So we'll see. If, you know, these are all promises. Neither one of the cars are available. Both of them have Bay Area outlets. Um, so it won't be, I think, uh, end of 2009 for one and mid-2020 for the other. So I'm eager to see how, how it works, how they keep their promises if they do. Did they say uh, how they plan on marketing them? Are they going to have a, a dealership network or their own in-house sales like Tesla does? Or Both, uh, as far as I remember, both uh, without dealerships at this point, uh, online sales at their on their website you can put a deposit uh thousand dollars on the rivian and i've forgotten what you can do with the Byton. 
about a thousand dollars for either one of the Rivians, and um, I think it's a refundable deposit. But a thousand dollars, and the car, as you saw some of the images, obviously were in audio and not visual. But the, the cars are so unlike anything else you've ever seen. With the with the Rivian has those big vertical headlights, and the shape of the car is very unique. And the pickup truck has this kind of secondary um, area behind the, the body of the car and before the bed that you could put golf clubs in or skis. It looks so innovative. Wow. That sounds, yeah. sounds exciting. It's I hope, pretty exciting. I hope, I hope they get it done. I was, you know, a little bit skeptical when you go down there and you see some, like last year there was that thing that was called the Red Square that was like a mobile living unit. Uh, it was a box on wheels. And I've never heard anything about it since. So that one, maybe it's maybe it's in China like they promised, maybe it's not. But these two, um, with Bay Area connections, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how, how it progresses for both of them. That sounds great. Um, so again, about that uh, display on the car, on the uh, that was the Biden. Yes. What what exactly is that now? I, uh, what exactly it is, I'm I'm not sure. But everything is going to be done through uh, your Alexa app or other apps that you can do uh, on the car. Uh, a touchscreen as well. Uh, people in the back seat can talk to it and, and do th- whatever they want in the back seat. You can do what you want in the front seat. It replaces. Um, all of the traditional all men, the knobs uh, and everything it's all right there wow. and it and um, the car in theory is for down the road for autonomous driving but it does have a steering wheel as well currently it has a steering wheel oh that's good that's good for for now so and and truthfully um, I didn't really understand everything that they were talking about and exactly how it works but it sure looks good and it's 49 inches uh, horizontally and 10 inches deep That'll beat Tesla. That'll beat Tesla. That'll beat Tesla. So, like the number one problem with cars right now, sort of, uh, according to Consumers Report, is the nav screen. Yes. Electronics interface. Yes. And now these guys have like tenth folded that. So it how sure is that? Like how it. is that going to all work? You know, in our, I think it was uh, our second podcast or first podcast from down there. The guy tried to explain it to me in some way and how they spent years trying to get this thing right, and um, they claim they have it right, how it works. I don't know. I Good don't know. luck. Good <laughs> luck. It Look, I mean, there wasn't a person who didn't walk up to that car and just, you know, you could hear the audible gasp, like, oh, you know, oh my, what is that on that screen? And, and it, it attracted a lot of, you know, uh, national network coverage and, um, you know, the TV people who were there and radio people and, and other journalists. And, Everybody in the of the 300 people that were in the media room, everybody talked about it at least once. I heard lots of conversations about it, and and uh, it should be interesting. That's cool. Hey, they had a VW sort of a, a gathering, I suppose you'd call it. Uh, this is like the end of the VW again. Again, correct? Again, yes. yeah. It was uh, VW Bug, I should say. V- Sorry, VW Bug Beetle. Um, Every day, or ever the, the first three mornings of the um, Automobility LA, it was in a, a big tent, and, and they had a sponsor each day. And so, the first morning um, of the of the show was Volkswagen, and they must have had thirty or forty uh, vintage um, Beetles uh, that went back to the early forties, and it was a kind of an homage or a uh, a celebration of the Volkswagen Beetle. 
and they had they had a Baja beetle, a guy that we did an interview with that guy, and it was great. And they had a wedding beetle, and they had split window beetles, and they had. Um, I, I like the split windows. Oh man, Those that's are cool. fa- fantastic! And each each car had a little placard that explained a little bit about the vehicle and where they came from and what year and. Um, you know, some of those cars, uh, I just, uh, well, we both like vintage cars, so sure. I would rather have almost one of those than anything else at the show because they're just so fantastic and, and well-built for what they were. How about GM? You know, they announced that they're going to be closing plants and pretty much wind down on sedan production. Ford as well. Did, yes. Did both GM and Ford have all their sedans there? Uh, as far as I know, they did. Uh, both had a big presence. I interviewed a guy from Cadillac, and I asked him the question, and he didn't he didn't go into a lot of detail. He kind of hedged and hodged a little bit about his responsibilities at Cadillac, and they were really pushing their new small SUV, and we talked about that. But um, I thought that there would be more buzz at the show uh, about GM in particular because it happened the first day I was down there, I think Monday. And uh, it seemed almost, from what I observed and heard, it almost was uh, not an afterthought, but it wasn't, I didn't hear a lot of people talking about it. I did hear people writing stories about what our president said about it two or three days in, and people uh-huh. talked to uh, Mary Barra, I think, who was the CEO of... Mary, yes. Yeah. Um, and Of GM. Of GM. And so she was there, and some people interviewed her about you know, the political ramifications and so forth, but I, I didn't get too involved with it. But I thought it might have been a bigger topic of discussion than it was, at least from what I heard and saw. Well, it's certainly good for the other guys, you know, uh, Mazda, Toyota, whoever. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, a lot of that. Pre- I, I noticed, uh, you know, Volvo had a big presence, kind of surprised me. Um, uh, Ford, of course, we talked about Chevrolet, uh, lots of trucks, a lot of you know trucks are selling uh, more than ever. A lot of SUVs. Um, Aston Martin was there. Maserati uh, had these beautiful the, the the new Maserati. I sat in it and kind of you know it's always the interiors of the Maseratis. They can't start them up in the in the showroom because then you'd hear the great Maserati growl. But the interiors of the Maserati, I just have always really liked the contrasting stitching and the quality of that and. They're they're just beautiful cars. They don't. I've always wondered why they don't sell very many. It's only like fifteen hundred a year in the U.S. I, I don't know. Yeah, they are great sounding cars. <laughs> yes. And you're right. They they do look good. But, you know, there's yeah. one down the street that we used to hear that you know, uh, seven thirty in the morning. We're two blocks away, and you could hear the guy take off in the morning, <laughs> wherever he's going. But you, that that has the most uh, prominent and uh, good sounding uh, growl. I guess is the best word. So. A lot of companies, like, um, you know, Bentley wasn't there uh, with any major presence, uh, and some other companies um, weren't there. It's it, the, the show was a little bit, I would say, a little bit subdued from last year. Um, there weren't as many technology companies there. There weren't as many smaller accessory companies. Uh, I did have a chance to interview the president of Prestone, and we, we, talked, oh, okay. we talked about that guy a little bit, and... They That's had a, a dying market, right? I mean, there's if the more they go to electrics, there's going to be less uh, cooling need. Yeah, uh, radiator. I guess they'll be. We'll have our regular cars for a while, but um, at this point, um, you know, the guy was available. Prestone had a huge presence, 
and they just didn't seem to have uh, very many people interested in Prestone. But the guy was a very nice man. We talked about the products and their legacy of their company. And so he was a really guy, a good guy to chat with. I liked him. And they had a, a nice car that was there. Uh, I think he pointed out the car. Oh, it was a Pantera, I think a, you a said. A Pantera yeah. that they had, the guy, they had another guy there who had driven it across country and using Prestone products. And that was kind of their calling card. Does Jeep have anything new? Jeep does have a lot new. Uh, they, they had a... a I can't think of the name of it right now. A, a brand new Jeep that they were really promoting, uh, the Gladiator. I think it was called the Gladiator. Okay. And uh, a big presence. Jeep's coming on strong uh, and uh, selling a lot. Some of the lower end Jeeps aren't doing so well, but the upper end ones are being com- pretty competitive these days. So uh, the LA Auto Show, uh, you know, f- following up with some of the companies will be interesting. Um, what I didn't see there, I, I didn't see the Elio. I, I didn't see the, the two car companies that were there last year that were selling cars online with apps fair and the other car company that were there last year where they have an app and you go on and you plug in the kind of car you want and, the, and everything's done via an app. I, I didn't see either one of those car companies there this year. Big ideas that didn't work or just they're uh, doing so well they didn't need to be there at the maybe show. maybe or maybe a little bit of both budget restrictions or they didn't need it anymore last year they both had a big presence you know they were in, right when you walked in the showroom and this year their area was replaced by Polaris um the the three wheel uh, slingshot slingshot the the the, the Mad Max <laughs> I heard they were given drives did, they did were given you? drive I, I didn't go on a drive um and across the way was Evgo the uh had a big a big area a, a, a booth and, and right when you walked in the the electronic ref, uh, recharging company that's now yes. spread out they they had a big booth there and I guess it was okay I didn't see a lot of people going to it or seeming to, to care much about that should be an expanding business with especially California with their mandate for electric cars you would think um, you would boy think. they're gonna have to really start going on those yeah I, I talked to them a little bit they were nice people I, I've done a, a story on them before and they're expanding network uh that's um expanding as you said uh but i i i the front entrance of the show logistically and uh, getting a, a big bang for your buck when you walked in it was much lower key this year than it has been in, in in previous years what i did like about it is in the hall in the halls the three halls they give you a lot of space i mean the cars aren't scrunched together um there's a lot of areas to walk around on the platforms and to talk to people and they they set up the areas very nicely. So I think the show goes through December 9th. So if people are interested in going, I, I think that you'll be surprised that there's you have a lot of space. I know there are media days, and it was restricted to the media, but I think even with the public there, there the cars aren't... Uh, you can walk all the way around the cars, is what I'm getting at. You can see, and, and some of them are on rotating platforms. And I mean, there's coffee shops set up with samples of different... Uh, coffee and uh, some people were offering soft drinks so for the for the minimal entry price it's a it's a pretty good show for for public access which is kind of the opposite of what we saw at the consumer electronics show where everything was three feet between booths and you could hardly move that's with right all the people in there was yeah that was a little uh, claustrophobic at, at least last year with signs that you had to watch for a sign to see to go to a certain area otherwise you'd never get there they had all kinds of tours going through and you um, thanks for mentioning that because it just was uh, 
uh, was chaotic. Plus, this we is had all the, in one place too. You can walk yeah, everywhere, right? That's right. You don't have to get on a a bus to go somewhere to, no. to see the other pavilions or what have you. Unlikely they were going to have a flash flood either. We had a, we had that experience right. the first day we were down there. So um, that's in Las Vegas. Yeah, that was in Las Vegas. L.A. did have rain the last day, but it wasn't anything like what we experienced where we were driving a car in downtown Las Vegas with the water coming up to the top of the wheels. That was that was quite something. Um, but I, I think that the, the technology, to, to reiterate, the, some of the products and the, the technology and the apps for this and the apps for that, and um, I'm still not convinced that half of those people that were there, no names mentioned, that their products will, will take off. They just look like some of it is just wishful thinking on, sure. some, on some levels. I guess that's a good wrap-up from the LA Auto Show. Uh, I'd recommend people go to it. Um, you can get a lot of information on the, on LAAutoshow.org, uh, I believe it is, uh, or maybe .com, but there's a lot of discounts for tickets. There's a lot of different options if you go with a group, if you're in the military, if you're senior. Um, for youth tickets, it's, it's, um, it's a really a good, worthwhile show. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today. And welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. Our second guest today is Laura Adams, and we've talked to Laura before. She's with DriversEd.com, and uh, we've received some information about uh, Americans' driving habits uh, during the holiday season. Uh, Laura, welcome back to our podcast. Uh, glad to have you on board again with us, and we want to hear all about your your latest study and the statistics about holiday driving. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me back on the show. Yeah, we wanted to do a survey to figure out what are some of the attitudes and behaviors happening during the holidays and, and what people think about uh, holiday driving and safety. And as usual, we, you know, found some pretty interesting information. Um, this is a dangerous time of year. December, historically, is when we see fatalities increase, alcohol-related fatalities specifically increase. Um, unfortunately, we know that during the Christmas week, so just around the, the Christmas holiday, an average of 45 fatalities occur involving alcohol. And when we talk about New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve, it it's jumps up to 54 per day on average. Um, so, you know, it's just a dangerous month, um, not only with all the celebrations going on, but Certainly, the winter weather is very difficult for a lot of people who are not used to driving in snow or sleet or ice. You know, maybe they're taking a long road trip to see friends or family, and they're they're in wintry weather conditions that they're just not used to driving in. Um, or, you know, even renting a car. If you're not taking your own car, maybe you're renting a vehicle um, somewhere where you're not used to driving. Um, so the, the winter weather is a challenge. And, you know, on top of drinking and driving and drugged driving, distracted driving is really on the rise. That is a, a kind of a hot topic right now because people just can't seem to get off their phones when they're in the car. Uh, so texting and driving, talking and driving, um, all of these things are really, really dangerous distractions. So when you kind of layer on all of these issues, it can make December a really dangerous time to be on the road. So 
Um, we want people to understand that even if they are a great driver, statistically, the people around you that you're on the road with are probably not as good as you. So we have to, to really be defensive while we're out there. So one of the key findings in our driversed.com survey is that 67% of the respondents say they definitely feel less safe when they're on the road during the holidays. Um, you know, and I, I think just instinctively we all know that there's just a lot of uh, partying going on. And I think also it's a stressful time of year, right? It's, it's a time when we're trying to be uh, getting a lot of things done on a tight schedule, whether it's buying gifts or preparing for a party. Um, there's just a lot on our calendars, a lot to do. And uh, I think in a lot of cases, mingling with um, coworkers and, and family, you know, for some people it's joyous, but for some people that's really stressful. Um, and so all of these things can help uh, contribute to this this concept and this idea of being less safe on the road during the holidays. Um, and a, a pretty decent proportion of people, 23% of the driversed.com respondents said they do drink more during the holidays than they do during other times of the year. 9% said that they uh, plan to smoke or ingest marijuana more frequently than they do the remaining uh, months of the year or remaining times of the year. Um, so, you know, definitely we, we know that people are uh, imbibing more and smoking more, celebrating more. So the idea is that if you're going, going to do that, make sure that you are doing it safely, as safely as possible and not getting on the road. Um, having an exit strategy, an exit plan, I think is the, the best way to stay safe. Make sure that you've got a plan going into the party. You know, have you eaten? Do you know where you're going? Um, you know, are you going to get an Uber or a Lyft ride home? Are you going to spend the night? Are you going to catch a ride with a sober driver? Um, all of these are solutions for making sure that, that you can get home safely and keep everybody else on the road around you safe. Wow, that was a lot. Let me let me set my drink down and ask you a question here. Those, those, are, those are excellent topics. That's um, great. The exit strategy and having a, set, a backup, that sounds like a, you know, a very wise one. If the weather turns foul, it's snowing or sleet or what have you, you know, spend the night. Um, you never know what might happen. Exactly. Those that's good topics. What what really yeah. what really surprises me also is it, when you read about something like this. If it's a celebrity, for example, uh, who's been arrested for for a drunken driving or you know other other situations like that, it's so surprising that people don't use an Uber or a Lyft. I I, I just can't believe it. Uh, if we go downtown uh, to a function and we know we're going to have dinner and maybe a glass of wine or two. I, it's just the best way to approach something. It's it's a, a ten dollar or a twenty dollar or a thirty or a forty dollar um, safety precaution. That's um, certainly a lot better than catastrophe. I don't understand why people don't use it more. Absolutely, I, I totally agree. I use it all the time, and even if I'm not planning on drinking, but if I'm just going somewhere that I'm just I haven't been there, I'm not familiar with the best route. Sometimes it's just easier and less stressful to let somebody else do the driving, you know. And especially if you are planning or think there could be, um, you know, alcohol at a party, um, it, it is. It's just a really, really easy way to prevent a lot of potential problems. You know, if you are caught drinking and driving or, or smoking marijuana, having ingested marijuana and driving, 
you're looking at a very expensive ticket. You know, you're, you're looking at um, some serious financial consequences, not only with the time and hassle perhaps to get an attorney, um, you know, deal with a, a very expensive fine. Your auto insurance rates are, are going to go through the roof. Um, and, you know, you might even get your license suspended or, or taken away depending on your driving history. So it, it's just not worth the risk. Laura, have you guys done this survey before in previous years, and how has it changed in the last couple of years if you've done it before? Yeah, this is the first time we've done the holiday survey, um, and it is something that we're going to keep an eye on going forward to see how we're trending uh, year after year. I hope that we'll see some of these numbers decline. And over time, we we have seen, uh, over the past decades, we have seen drinking and driving come down. Um, we do know that due to a lot of uh, publicity and, and, you know, high profile people that have dealt with, with drinking and driving and, and mad mothers against drunk driving, um, there have been some great campaigns, I think, that have raised public awareness. And so we have seen the drinking and driving fatalities go down over time. That's the good news. Um, you know, the bad news is that there are still fatalities. One fatality is too many. Um, and we kind of have a different problem now, which is distracted driving. That's something that we're seeing more and more. It's funny, young people are very aware that they should not be drinking and driving. Um, I have nieces that are uh, high school and college age, and they are very—they would just never even think about drinking and driving. But they'll get on their phone and text while they drive, right? So it's kind of a, a little shift in the in the distraction that we're talking about. Yes, you you also taught us a, a term called Netflixing that that some of the younger people are doing as well. Yeah, this is very surprising. One of our previous studies uh, about distracted driving shows that 4% of drivers admit to watching Netflix programs while they're behind the wheel, and 8% admit to watching YouTube videos. So, you know, that's something that I could definitely see my nieces doing. You know, I can see them um, watching a YouTube video, um, you know, and not thinking a whole lot of it. Um, So these are the types of technology that uh, while we love it and it's wonderful, it really just has to be removed from from your vehicle. And I always tell people, just put your phone in the glove compartment when you get in the car. That way it's close if you need it, but it's not going to be distracting you with bells and incoming messages that you feel like you have to respond to right away. Good advice. Laura, I'm sure that other uh, media people have Uh, contacted you or your information gets distributed to the media, but have you had any uh, reactions or comments from the public? And part two of that is when you talk about percentages, how many respondents did you have uh, from from this survey? And, And what kind of numbers are we talking about in general? Yeah, so the surveys that we do are nationwide. Um, They typically involve at least 1,000 people, sometimes 2,000, and we're looking at a very broad range of drivers, so young, middle-aged, older drivers, and from all over the United States. We want a geographically diverse representation. Um, There's also a wide range of income levels. Um, as well. So, you know, trying to really understand what are the, what are the issues here and, and, you know, what can we expect? And while a lot of people say, well, you know, that's not me, I'm not going to drink during the holiday season, the idea is that 
we want people to be aware that even if you're a perfect driver and you know you're never uh, tempted to drink and drive, be aware that a lot of people around you are, and so you really have to beef up your your skills. So, you know, a lot of people don't even realize what defensive driving is. And in a nutshell, it just means being prepared for the unexpected. It means thinking through what could happen and being ready for it. So, you know, if that for you is is education, if you if you feel like your driving skills are not that great, you can use a site like driversed.com to beef up on all of these different types of skills. Um, and, and it's just a great way to make sure that you're on top of the laws in the state where you live and that you're thinking through how to be a better defensive driver. And it also comes down to having a vehicle that's safe. Uh, so this is a time of year when, you know, you want to think about winterizing your vehicle so that uh, you're not going to get stuck on the road somewhere. Um, and, and that's a big part of being defensive as well, is just making sure not only you as the driver are in the right state of mind to be driving, but that you've done everything you can to keep your vehicle in great shape. True. It wouldn't hurt at all to change your windshield wiper blades, make sure your uh, washer fluid is full, and uh, maybe stop by a tire shop and see how much trade you got left on the tires. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize what cold weather does to vehicles, um, you know, and it really does change them uh, in, some, in some dramatic ways. So, you know, you've got to think about your antifreeze, uh, tire pressure, as you mentioned. Sometimes, depending on where you live, you might even need a totally different type of oil um, in the wintertime. So, uh, you know, belts and hoses, these sorts of things can get weaker when it's colder outside. Your battery level uh, can drop. Uh, the cold weather is, is really tough on your car's battery. So all of these things can be happening and, and you don't really realize it. So if your car hasn't been serviced in a while, this is a good time to do it. Regarding distractions, we just got back from the LA Auto Show last week. And guess what? All the manufacturers tout you know, all the new bells and whistles they have on the dashboard. It's, it seems like it's forever getting worse, not better. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, there are all these fantastic features in the car. Uh, you know, the downside is that they're distracting. And even if you are using, a, let's say, a headset or voice command system, remember that your brain is still being distracted. You know, even if your hand is not on a phone and your hand is just, you know, you're solidly on the steering wheel, your brain is what is distracted. So if you're thinking about a conversation, you're thinking about about a text that you're sending, you know, over some voice command system in your car, that still means that you're not 100% focused on the road. So I think that's one of the kind of the myths of, of all this technology in the vehicle. People think that, oh, well, I'm safe because I'm using uh, a hands-free device. And that's just really not the case. Study after study has shown that we are just as distracted when we're using hands-free devices as we are when we have the hand on the phone, you know, or the, the headset in the, in the ears. It's, it's still equally distracting. Laura, you have so much, uh, I hate to use the word passion so much, but you obviously enjoy what you do. A personal question, uh, do you have some background in, in, uh, with a tragedy in your, as a family member? Because, you're, you know, you're just very good at getting the, the word out on these things. Uh, is it, is it a, a personal area for you as well? 
You know, it's not, thank goodness, mm-hmm. in terms of a, of a family member, but I have worked in the insurance industry for a while and, and helped uh, really explain insurance to people. And when you work in the auto insurance industry or field, safety is just a big part of that. And so you realize that, you know, insurance is one of those those products that we buy and we hope we never have to use it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, too many people are, are injured and there are just too many fatalities each year uh, of drivers on the road. So I, I want people to have the right insurance, but I also hope that they never get in an accident or have to use it. Well, thank you, Laura. Uh, you've been our guest. This is our, your second time, and, and you just have a, a wealth of information and knowledge, and so we want to encourage people to go to uh, driversed.com uh, and look at all the stuff that's there, and we really appreciate you uh, enlightening us with the statistics, and um, thank you again for being our guest on the Weekly Driver Podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me back. Okay. Thank you, Laura. The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com, your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. americantrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality.